Good afternoon, listeners and my future listeners. This is Eli McGee, and we're in the factory. It is 12.51 in the afternoon, and I have a pretty damn special day planned out. Um, I got different speakers trying to, you know, get on the podcast today and just have good conversation. Uh, last night, I did a special with my cousin, Ramel. He was he liked it so much. He was interested in joining back in the podcast. He you know he told me he wanted to call and have another conversation, and um, you know I'm enjoying the feedback right now. I feel like all content is good content. Um, I want people to hear me. I want people to hear my stories. I want people to you know get to know me through listening to my podcast. So today should be a special day. Please, anybody who have any questions, um, any comments. Any concerns, anything you want to talk about, please just feel free to call in, leave the question, leave the comment, and uh, I will get back to you ex- extremely fast. Um, thank you, and please stay tuned. Hey, what's good, man? Good afternoon, listeners. The Factory, I'm here with my cousin, Ramel. You know, we just going to, you know, talk the talk and, and do what we do again. First off, I want to ask Ramel, how's your day going? What time did you start your day? And, and, and how's it going? Uh, the only thing isn't, it's, the only thing about today is today's payday. So it's always a good day when it's payday. Yes, but sir. this is my, this is my heaviest load. Like in my back of my truck, I have 11 stops in the Bronx. And I woke up late because obviously I was kicking the shits with you last night, and my alarm, <laughs> my alarm didn't go off at three thirty like I thought thought it was gonna do. But I think I probably forgot to set it. So I'm not gonna totally blame you, but yeah, I'm sitting in traffic now. All right, all right. And how many stops you got left on the day? Probably about five. And I'm at my heaviest stop right now, like, because these guys order, like, it's the holiday time. You know, everybody wants their milk cookies, holiday cookies, and um, organic foods. Like, I really deliver at high-end stores. So these guys deliver, they order a lot of stuff, you know? They order a lot of stuff, and it's... it's and you're by yourself, right? I'm a one-man army, no help. Like, a lot of these other vendors and guy truck drivers, they always have help with them. My company... I guess that's why you could say, quote unquote, I make the big bucks. I haven't, <laughs> I don't have to share with nobody, you know. Yeah, definitely, but, definitely, definitely. Um, so what's the what's the rest of the day kind of look like for you? Kind of once you're done with, you know, your stops, you you got to bring the truck back to, I'm sure, back to the job, and then you kind of go home yeah. for the day. Yeah, I go I go to the yard. Um, as a milkman, we like delivering crates. So um, we're obligated, whatever amount of crates we bring in a certain store, we have to bring back. That's the ideal for you to get your extra bonus. And for every 100 crates we bring back, we get $50. Okay. So today today I'm making like $100 just off crates because it's a heavy day. I'm bringing a lot back. So I'll go back to the yard. I'm going to back into the loading dock. Not to get too specific, but yeah, back up to the loading dock, unload my truck, get a guy my crate count, um, and if I have any product that got returned, I write it down on my paperwork, and then I go hand in my paperwork to the salespeople in the office, and then I'm gone. 
know? Yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty, pretty simple process. You know, once, once, the, once the job is done, I know the traffic in New York gets out of hand. But New York City, people, I don't know where our listeners are from or if you ever drove in New York, especially with a truck, because you know how New York streets are narrow. And, like, pedestrians don't give a fuck what you're driving. <laughs> they don't care. Get, they, they be like, I'm, I'm walking. Get out my way, you big truck. <laughs> like, I'm driving, a, I'm driving a killing machine. Don't you know if I make one little error, I'm taking your life? I don't want to do that. But if you're not paying attention, there's a lot of people nowadays, they phone error, social media error. And it'd be a lot, I don't want to be stereotypical and say blondes, but there's a lot of dumb blondes out here. You're crossing the street. And you're looking in your phone. You don't know if that light changed. You don't know if it was a car or a truck turning from another street. So I don't know if you can hear this. I did. Hear <laughs> I heard it. I hit it. it with that shit. That's what I do. I hit it with that. And like, oh, my God. But, like, yeah, you're in the middle of the street, asshole. But like, I get road rage is real, especially when you drive for a living. That's why I don't like to drive when I'm not working. If I'm with um, if I'm with um, wifey or whatever, I'm like you got to drive, man. I drive all day for a living. You know, I don't, I don't want to indulge in the driving. And she be like, oh, as the man, you supposed to drive. I drive for a living. I bring home the bread and butter from this. Even though she works too, she has a great job. But listen, I don't want to drive when we just go into like a family member's house or taking the kids to a carnival, or whatever. Like, it's, like, give me a break. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Speaking on kids, I'm sure, you know, once you get home, that's sort of something that kind of kicks in. You know, you got to be your father, set your father first. Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, I just try to balance it, man. But it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do with the stress of the day and then, you know, coming home to the kids and they all energetic and they happy to see you because they haven't seen you all day. Like, I got two boys. They they love dad, 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 dad. They dad me. <laughs> dad. Both of them. Even the youngest one that barely can talk. His favorite word is dad. Dad and mom. I ain't gonna lie. Because she's the one that pushed them out. I'm gonna give her, her credit too. But I feel like I'm overwhelmed because you know you gotta, you gotta be the man of the house. Um, I'll- I, you know, not to cut you off, but I was just thinking about what you was telling me yesterday about your son, and I thought it would kind of be interesting for you to give that perspective to the listeners about your son and his haircuts, how much he values a haircut. Just tell the listeners a little bit how much your son values a good lineup. I got a lot of listeners that I know value shape-ups and lineups and want to look clean. I'm one of them. Yeah, of course. Because we don't, like, we don't bald, like, I don't want to curse no our family forever, but we don't really bald in our family. We we all know for having a fresh lineup. You feel me? Even God bless his dad, granddad. He he had the old school Martin Luther King lineup, but he had a lineup. You know, he didn't go he didn't go ball. You know, yeah. on my other side of the family, they go ball. They go ball crazy. Thank God I ain't got that gene. But yeah, man. Um, my son, like, it's really serious, and I and I, I don't want to say it's cultural. It might be a little cultural though, for to have a fresh lineup. That's some hood shit because they they will rank on you. You like had a widow's yeah. peak or something, yeah. or you're receding hairline. Oh, you're getting the jokes. The jokes is flying your way. 
No UPS. <laughs> and it goes back to bullying. Straight it goes back indirect. To bullying, what we were talking about last night. When they come your way, what do you yeah. do when it happens? You you kind of either joke back or you, you know what I mean? You understand that, you know, it's a part of it all. It's a part of it all. But I try to teach my kids, I mean, the oldest one, because he got to understand that. A one-year-old, not so much, you know, but I let him know the energy you put out there is the same energy you're going right. to get back. Like, that's a part of life. That's a part of, like, being human, you know? Like, whatever you do, it's going to come back to you. You got to understand the laws of karma. Because karma is like gravity. Like, it's inevitable. It's going, it's, you're going to get oh, yeah. it. So if you, do, if you do something wrong, trust me, you're going to suffer the consequences. And I can tell him that from firsthand because my karma, like, karma doesn't wait on me. Like, oh, I'm going to give you a day or two. No, karma happens instantly for me. Like this morning. Like, I know I wasn't supposed to be out last night drinking, playing Madden, like, but I was bored, and I'm just, like, I worked so much, I'm like, yo, I just want to go kick it with the fam, and then we just started kicking the shits on the podcast, and I feel like this is going to be, like, therapy for me, yeah. you feel me? Just to vent out all my, um, all of my, the things mm-hmm. I'm dealing with, all, all my beliefs, like, sometimes Twitter can work, too, but it goes over a lot of people's head when you put it in context, like when you're texting it out and when yeah. you're saying it. Like if you're saying if, if you're saying it, like all right, they can feel you on another level. But when you're texting it, it's like, oh, I don't know what he really meant, and then they might hit you in the DMs or they might just have the conversation on Twitter and then it can get mis- miscommunicated as like you're bashing or Exactly. You're being that's one of the things I really yeah. dislike with texting. I feel like, you know, I'm sending out texts every day and, and people kinda get the wrong vibe from the text message. I feel like, you know, people interpret it the wrong way because they read it way. Yeah, but it do. doesn't you know, you don't mean for it to come off that way. You know, and it's that and that's why I like podcasts because like you can hear it in my voice. You can hear what I'm talking about and how passionate I'm about what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Now, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Of course not. As far as, because um, you're in college, uh, how is it adjusting from high school to college? Like, what's the big difference? I know you're on your own and, like, it's coming out of your pocket, but as far as dealing with the females and just, like, being on your own and having to, you know, maneuver on your own, how do um, you deal with that? Honestly... High school is one way because it's kind of structured to be in one building the whole day. You know what I mean? So you kind of go around from class to class and you see the same people over and over and it gives you one sort of socializing. You know what I mean? One sort of, and the same thing with working, you know, doing classwork or whatever, you know, you're speaking to teachers, but they're all in the same building. You know what I mean? They all go home and come back to that same building. In college, it's a little different because not only is your schedule flexible, but everybody else's schedule is flexible. Right. And I feel like that's the toughest thing about yeah. it. Kind of when you get into college, you know, we're wanting to meet up with different people, whether it's your peers or whether it's teachers, you know, you got to kind of get your schedules to match. And I feel like that was the toughest part about going from high school to college is realizing that, damn, I got all this time on my hands now. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of things. I could. I, I got all this time. How can I use my time best? How can I take advantage of all the free time I have? And I think that's the toughest part right. about being a freshman in college, um, figuring out how to 
adjust, how to get that, you know, your schedule organized because, you know, a lot of people go into their freshman year and they kind of just go with the flow and they find themselves behind quickly. You know what I'm saying? Because of how the fast, yes. pace, you know, the fast paced environment, everybody's doing different things. People are drinking every single night. People are drinking only on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? So you try and get acclimated with the pace. And I think that's the biggest difference. As far as socially, I feel like it's just, it's, 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 it goes hand in hand because people don't. You know, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's a lot of fucking going down in college because there's no parents, no curfew. <laughs> oh, um, you're drinking. Exactly. You have a lady exactly. friend, another and she got is, a few thoughts. And this is another thing with college, and, and this is why, you know, raising parents, raising children is hard because, you know, you, you know parents kind of raise their children in high school kind of strict. You know what I'm saying? They're not letting them do as much. They're not letting them kind of make their mistakes. They kind of keep them, you know, in a bubble. And I feel like once the Oh, no, but when you're a teenager, you find your way to make the mistakes. Right, Trust right. me. One way or another. But I, I feel like, you know, once these kids come into college, now they got nobody telling them what to do, and they kind of just go wild. So then you can see, you're seeing these girls that go wild with guys, you know what I mean? They sleeping with different guys every week. And, you know, I'm not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not judging. Yeah, I love judge. the whole faith. The whole faith made me what, what I am today. <laughs> And that's a, a, a proud father, and I'm not really off the shits, but it is temptation out there, but keep going. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you see these kids kind of come in, and they bust out of their bubble, and now they, they, they go out, and they go out of their way to kind of, you know, have as much fun as possible. And then, you know, sometimes they take yeah. it too far, and sometimes they enjoy the experience. At the end of the day, college is that, you know, opportunity where you're on your own for four years. You got an, you know, you could do what you want. You could make your own schedule how you want, and you kind of get to be mature. You get to be that young, mature adult. And um, I think it, it could either, you know, make or break you. I mean, everybody has a different college experience depending on where they go. So I definitely think college has its perks. But me personally, I enjoyed high school um, just because. Don't front. You was the man. You was the man. <laughs> no, I mean, even past that. You was the man. Like, you was the man. Like, you were football. You were a jock. Yeah, like, even past that. But like, and you I went to a, like, um, a predominantly um, white school. Like, it didn't have that much diversity. As far as I, I'm from the outside looking in. But I, I'm sure you can count on both hands how many black people were in your school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely not a lot. Definitely not a lot. And But yeah. But yeah, at so, the same token, I, you know, Really, what what kind of stood out to me was the 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 way everyone came together. You know what I mean for different sporting events. I went to a small school. You know yeah. what I'm saying, college wise. You know what I'm saying, like you know, and yeah. you just don't get the same relationships. You know, I feel like the people in high school that I've built relationships with from the ground up. You know, those relationships are the ones that last a lifetime. I mean, you go to college. And, you know, me personally, I went to college and I made a few friends here and there, but. My, my 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 home friends and my school friends, my you know my high school friends kind of you know continued to be the group of people that I wanted to put myself around. I was more comfortable around those people. I'm one of those type of people that I don't trust easily. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like you know it takes a lot for me to trust you. You know it takes a lot of situations for me to trust you. And I think that's the thing. You know that's what the problem with college is. You go to college and everybody's in the same boat. 
but the trust levels, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll, I can't trust somebody in four years of college, you know what I mean? It just doesn't work like that for me. I, I have to trust you exactly. in a lifetime of, of situations. And I feel like high school kind of did that for me, you know what I'm saying? Because you got middle school, then high school, and then, you know, all the experiences all in within. So, you know, um, I'm definitely not – my college experience was amazing. I enjoyed it. You know, I visited all my friends. I've been to so many different type of colleges and had so much fun. But – at the end of the day, like, you know, my home friends are, you know, they the ones who kind of hold me when I fall down. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely, it's definitely. Right, right. Yeah, and I understand that. And, you, like, you got to, like, let's let the listeners know, like, all of my family basically from New York, from Brooklyn, New York, as far as we know, we got a lot, all of our, the majority of our family that we deal with and frequent is from New York. So, uh. How was the transition moving from Brooklyn, New York to Inglewood slash Tenafly, New Jersey? You know, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm going to put the funny story on the record. The transition, first I'm going to talk about the transition, then I'll put a funny story out there to kind of go with the transition. So, all right, before you, before you start, and you moved from the, like, I remember when y'all used to live in Brownsville, and like, for people who don't know about Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn, New York is getting gentrified, but East New York and Summer Bed-Stuy and Flatbush, they're not gentrifying over there like that. No, because it's too wild over there. It's going to take some time for them to get it right over there. It's gentrified now, but when when we were living in Brooklyn, it wasn't gentrified. It was like old school Brooklyn, old school Brooklyn rules. So that, all right, yeah, talk about the transition. Yeah, so um, for me, going from Inglewood to Tenafly was, it was, it was tough because I was young, and what I knew was young is being around a certain type of people. And then you kind of transition. Hey, cut you there? Yes, sir. I'm guessing we got cut off because we were at that 20-minute mark. But listeners, we are back, and if you didn't know, we were talking about my transition from uh, predominantly African-American school to uh, predominantly Caucasian school, and how did I make that transition? And what I was getting into was it was difficult because of the race thing. And being young, you don't really understand how the race thing really works. So, you know, going into that situation... I didn't know exactly how to handle it, um, and I was nervous, you know what I mean? New school is nerve-wracking in general, um, but when I got there, here's a funny story for the listeners. When I got there, it was probably my first week of school, and I had these Michael Jordan earrings. Now, I know for some of the listeners, you're probably laughing already because you know how this story goes, but I had these <laughs> Michael Jordan earrings. And I was walking around school, kind of not the like, hoop, not the hoop earring. No, no, I had the Michael, like literally the Jumpman earring. Oh, the Jumpman! Oh my God! So you I had a the mad Jumpman country. earrings in. You know, I mean, I felt like I was the man. I'm walking around in school, my, you know, first week of school, and a kid comes up to me. I'm not gonna say his name because you know I don't know if he wants his name out there. But he comes up to me. He goes, "Those are some nice earrings. Like, where did you get them?" And I've never seen. Yo. Yeah, so he, he's going on about how nice my earrings are, and he asked me 
where did you get those earrings? And I told him that Michael Jordan was my uncle and that <laughs> he gave me the earrings. He's a custom-made <laughs> Jumpman Jordan earrings. Michael Jordan is my uncle, and he gave them to me. And at the time, wow. it was meant to kind of be funny, but more like he took it literal. And before I knew it, I had every single body coming up to me, ask me who, you know, Michael Jordan's your uncle, oh my God, blah, blah. If you can, it was easy to believe because I was African-American and because there was so less of us. And then I had the Michael Jordan earrings in, so everybody believed it. And once, you, you know, as a kid, you start getting everybody talking to you and everybody's kind of uh, coming up to you, asking you all these different questions. And you get getting a little bit of attention as a new kid. You kind of go with it. And that's exactly what I did. I went with it because I felt like, wow, this is getting me conversations. I got invited to my first bar mitzvah. And for those who don't know, you know, bar mitzvahs are, you know, parties that the, the Jewish community does for their for their kids and which, you know, people come and celebrate. Like a right a right to passage. There's a right to passage. Exactly. When when a when a boy when a boy becomes um a man. Right, right. right. So I've never been in a bar mitzvah, but I've seen it in the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, the bar mitzvah I mean, they were the you know, they they met, they were the best things to go to. I mean, as far as fun, as far as food, and that right there kind of got me the attention that, like, you know, I was looking for as a new kid. You know, you're not talking to anybody. You know, you're sitting at lunch alone or whatever. You know, all the new kid stuff that happens to you. And, you know, yeah. it took a little white lie like that to kind of just make me a little bit more comfortable than I already, you know, than I was. So, and that, for right. me, I hear that, believe it or not, I hear that story to this day. Like, people, like, my friends will come up to me jokingly now, like, yo, yo, Eli, you remember when you said this? Because they don't forget, but at this point in my life, like, it's a good memory. Like, that memory to me is what got me, you know, got me comfortable in my skin in a new place. I mean, everybody, to eat, everybody has their own way of finding comfort. And for me, it, it was telling a little white lie like that because it kind of made me feel good for a couple of days. And that's all it took for me to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So I think Yeah. Sometimes we so sometimes you gotta break the ice, man, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Especially that. when you when you when you out of your when you out of your comfort zone. Exactly. So to make you more comfortable. Yeah, so you know, that was a, a definitely a, a good learning experience for me. I feel like, you know, it it helped me connect myself to other people and and from that moment on I really that's when race didn't matter. I realized race didn't matter, you know what I mean? It's all about Race doesn't it matter. matter. It shouldn't matter. Um, so, you know, yeah. So that's just, you know, how I kind of got into so, it. But I'm, I'm starting to remember that you didn't, you didn't do public school in Brooklyn. I did not. I did so you not. didn't get that. I, so what I did was. Oh, I didn't get that experience. I did, I did one year of grade school in Brooklyn. We moved to Jersey. And then I did from second grade up until half of my sixth grade year. And then in the middle of my sixth grade year, um, I got brought over to we moved to, to Tenafly, and then after like two weeks of being home, I started my education at Tenafly Middle School, and um, it was in April of, ten, of of May. I'll never forget it. I was in April of my sixth grade year, you know, and uh, I did that little two month period, you know, at Tenafly, and uh, I brought me in seventh grade, and the football came into it, and by eighth grade, I was 
got a lot of new friends and, you know, kind of sprung me into ice. You know how that story goes. No stories. Yeah. No yeah. stories at a later dates. You know, I can go on and on and on with memories in high school and whatnot. You know, have people, you know, crying. <laughs> I've laughed, of course. So. But touch on the music Damn. industry. I'm, I'm well, interested. What, what, you know, who, who do you like right now in the music industry? I mean, I like a little bit of everybody. I mean, like certain songs. Like, like one guy I really like right now is um Nick Grant. I'm look him up. He's like, he's from down south, but he got a up north flow. Okay, okay. So I mean, he reminds me of this kid is really good. I think he's gifted, and he's not getting a lot of looks because it, it, it's, it's cool to be dumbed down. Yeah, in yeah, that of course, way, you know? of course, of course. Yeah, and um, I like the dumbed down shit. I like the I like um the what's his name, the Migos, yeah, whatever the yeah. label they label is, QVC, or like they got a good album. They did the compilation album. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, let me just try it. Let me try it out because. They kids. Yeah. <laughs> to me, they kids. Like I'm 32 years old. These guys are 25. Like so, I have my ignorant stage, you know. But I feel like that's them guys' lane, and they're successful at it, and people love them. No, definitely, definitely, definitely do. For me, I think you know. Obviously, you know, most of my listeners know already. Probably, I'm a big Drake guy. Um, that man touches on some of the most relatable things to me that I've ever listened to from a music artist stamp, you know, from a music artist, so many things he talks about, I feel I can relate to. That's what I'm, music, I mean, from country all the way down to, to gospel. And the, the, the something that kind of makes me, you know, Yo. Music is underrated. Country music is underrated. Like, they have a story, and it'd be, like, really sad. Like, they lost a farm, they fucking wife cheated on them, they've been drinking, and, like, like they really have a story. And it's, like, relatable for a lot of people in America. Everybody in America ain't brawling like the Negro.